Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we are proud to announce that Mark and Patrick will be trophies in the upcoming Smash Brothers game. Um, but Patrick, there are no trophies in the upcoming Smash. What? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Smash Brothers Ultimate Direct. And then on Thursday, come back for that, because we are going to be determining the eight best NES games of all time. With your help, a lot of you have contributed. We're very excited about this conversation. Mark, do you already know how the list is going to wind up? No, how could I possibly? <laughs> That's, that made it sound like maybe you do. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't being sarcastic. I genuinely don't know. All right. Well, I, I genuinely <laughs> don't know if you were being sarcastic. Um, but before we get to that, we've got, like I say, a good show today. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Um, but first, you should be our friend on the Nintendo Switch. Our friend codes are in the episode description. So you can just add us there. Uh, I like seeing what people are playing. Yeah, I was playing something this weekend. Oh. Or maybe a couple somethings. Won't say until we get to that segment. Right. <clears throat> but as I was playing, you could see saw what, everybody yep. like popping up, playing different things. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and you could see what we're popping up and what we're playing, and that will be a lot of fun. Um, we have guest weather today. Uh, That's right. We're mm-hmm. like uh, that famous Adele song, We Are Rolling in the Guest Weather. I Lots of submissions recently. I don't know this Adele song. Rolling in the guest weather? No, there's no way that Adele has a song called Rolling in the Guest Weather. You clearly can't prove there that. There is no way. You can't prove that. Uh, so we got an email from uh, Dunko Manuel who says, um, Hello, love the podcast. Could you please, all caps please, tell me about the weather here in Gothenburg, Sweden. I need to know what to wear. With regards, Denko Manuel. Uh, well, Denko, the weather in uh, Gothenburg, Sweden right now, um, currently 5 o'clock a.m. local time. It is 48 degrees and cloudy. 48 degrees Fahrenheit, we should clarify. Oh, that, that's a great point. Uh, uh, there's no way to know what that is. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to do those calculations on your own. It's like 12 or We're something. We're ugly right? Americans. We're not going to figure that out. <laughs> Zero? I don't know. Uh, no, zero would be 32. I got that, that much of the conversion I've got down. Oh, somebody's been to Europe. <laughs> I consider myself a man of science, Mark. I understand some science, uh, but it looks like it's going to be raining there like all week. Uh, so, you know, look forward to that. Bring an umbrella. Yeah, and we've had some other people. Oh, of course, biggest, big ups. Big to, ups um, to Gothenburg, Sweden. Uh-huh, the biggest of ups. We also have uh, some other guest weather that people have requested, and that'll happen in future episodes that's right and if you want your guest weather i guess read on this show uh you can email us at nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com but we would really prefer if you would uh you know leave us a review on apple podcasts or whatever that's where uh that's where that what that is for i guess also reviewing the show um but if you find yourself unable to do that and you want to send us an email 
hey that's great or you did it on like spotify or something because i don't check those regularly yeah we don't we don't we don't check other other places for reviews so then send us an email and you know basically ask us for whatever you want and we'll probably comply um today uh the tuesday the 6th is election day in the united states uh everyone go vote yeah here's a fun thing in most states even if you're not registered it, you can cast a provisional ballot the yes. caveat to this is make sure that you go to your correct polling place because if you go to the wrong polling place, your provisional ballot will probably get thrown out. But if you didn't register, you missed the deadline, um, you didn't know you were eligible, I don't know, lots of reasons you may not have registered, you can still participate. And there are a lot of states that have same-day registration as well. You can check to see if you are one of those. I, there are a million voting resources, and Mark and I are not one of them. <laughs> um, but other, other than just, you know, it's one day. You can do it. Uh, Mark, do you have a voting plan? Uh, I already voted. I voted by mail. Mark? So did I. All right, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Not to totally break this format, okay. but do we want to plug the Sonic Forces trading program? Oh, uh, yo, okay, well, let's, let's go back, I guess. Something else you can do with the email address, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces just by sending your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And I send you my copy of this game. It's on Switch. You can play it for as long as you want and send it back someday. I feel satiated. All right, great. Mark, let's get in, into what we've been playing this week. The messenger, baby. Oh, that messenger. So we were gifted uh, codes for the messenger by one of our listeners. Thank you, June. Um, and so we have both been spending some time this week playing. Mark, I was sick this weekend. Oh, no. Caught a cold on Friday. Uh, was knocked out basically all day Saturday and most of Sunday. But I spent some of that knockout time playing the messenger. Um I think this game's great. I think so, too. I picked up Diablo 3 uh -huh. on Friday with the intention of, like, that's what I was going to spend most of my weekend on. But before I got oh, into that... that would be such a good sick game. I, I should have picked it up. Well, here's the thing. Is I, so, I, before I started it, I was like, well, let me check out The Messenger. Yeah. So I started playing that, uh, put, like, an hour and a half into it, and then I was like, okay, uh, when I game again, I'll boot up Diablo. Yeah. Come back a little bit later in the day, turn on my Switch, and I'm like, mm, maybe I should try to get a little bit further in the Messenger before I yeah. like turn on Diablo. Well, and, and because of the Switch, you're just like, it's still on the Messenger. So like you just hop right back in. So anytime that I was like, should I play Diablo three? It's like, no, I'm just gonna keep playing in the Messenger because that's how much I've been enjoying it. Um, Messenger is uh, phenomenal. Um, I love how much of the game is just uh, about fluidity of motion and just like all the little things that you, all the abilities that you learn and pretty simple techniques that you string together to just like fly across the screen. Um, as long as there are enemies somewhere, enemies and walls and like lamps and stuff, you can really just like propel yourself anywhere. I'd also say the difficulty is like just right for yeah, me. Yeah, me too. Because it's not uh, super hard, but it's not a breeze either. Like I'll, I will die frequently in the platforming. I will die frequently at bosses, but each time I like 
respawn and attack the boss again. Like I get better at it. I can yeah. feel myself getting better. And then finally I like master the pattern. It's very satisfying. The best thing about uh, dying a lot in boss fights is that as soon as you start them up, so when you die in this game, uh, it's like a little demon who brings you brings you back to life. He, he uh, canonically brings you back in time to your last checkpoint. Um, but he will like stick around and like steal your treasure for a little bit before leaving. But when you're in a boss fight, he gets freaked out by the boss and just like bugs off right away. Uh, so there's like no penalty in dying in a boss fight. So I don't think it's a spoiler because it was in the Nintendo Director Indie Showcase or whatever. Yeah. That the game switches between 8-bit and 16-bit art styles and like music style and everything. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't remember. It takes a while to get to that point. Yeah, it's 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 pretty deep in the game. And, and so it, I couldn't remember, like, is this the game that does that? Oh, yes, sure. it is. It is. It yeah, is. well, it's, it is it is interesting because, like, that it, it does the uh, the 16-bit switch after sort of, like, a fake-out ending where, like, it makes you think that... Uh, did you get to the switch? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it makes you think that, like, you're headed, like, towards the, the end of the game. You're in this, like, tower of uh, time. And uh, then you hit this thing and like the whole game sort of transforms. Um, but it is something that the uh, shopkeep guy um, teases at one point, uh, like as you're approaching the he's like, well, well you're here, here at the end of the game. And he's like, who am I kidding? You probably saw the trailer. Um, I really like the writing in this game. I think it is uh, it is um, smart and self-aware uh, in a way that is funny and engaging, but also like always searches for extra meaning like expressly the the character who runs the store who's like a wise man or, or a sage of some kind um and the messenger himself have like um have a little like repartee and whenever you go into the store you can ask like tell me a story and they like he tells a story and then they like try to tease out some extra meaning from it and sometimes the the shopkeeper is like there is no meaning to the story the fact that you're trying to find meaning in it is the meaning. Um, and I don't know, just I, I look forward to every chance I get to read more of this game's writing. Yeah, I, yeah, it's really good. Really enjoying this game. I haven't finished it yet. I, I'm in the end game, I think, but um, have not completed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that same boat, too. Have, have, have not completed yet. Uh, one thing that, I don't know, this game seems like it got a fair bit of promotion you know, it was in like the Nindy Direct and everything, yeah. but just uh, I forgot it came out completely. Yeah, well, you and I aren't great at this, but <laughs> here's here's one thing. I'm, this being a podcast, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this the show that that you are listening. Look, it's a good show. I'm just saying we're not good at it. That's all. Um, I think this game is like the second coming of Guacamelee, um, in that all of the combat uh, techniques are built into. Uh, how you move around the screen, um, and it is also like a uh, smart and funnily written. But I think it it bests Guacamelee in just about every uh, every one of those uh, dimensions. Like I think the combat is better. I think the locomotion is better, and I think the writing is uh, smarter and funnier without appealing to sort of like cheap jokes like uh, Guacamelee will do, which is like got a lot of like sort of meme based humor built into it. Um, and it sort of works in Guacamelee because it's like absurdist. Uh, but yeah, it just, this, this, I, I'm very happy with this game. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for a like indie game on Switch to pick up, highly recommend The Messenger. Thank you again, June, for picking that up for us. 
I did play a little bit of Diablo 3. Tell me about your experience with Diablo 3. I uh, it was it seems cool. Um Now, uh, had you played Diablo 3 on a No, no, no. I haven't, okay. This is my first time playing Diablo 3 at all. I started with um the adventure mode. Okay. Um I'm like a cleric, I think is the class I chose and um pretty standard mark class for <laughs> For a role playing game, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I think when we played D and D together, yep. I was a cleric. Uh, yeah, I think the Diablo three is going to be a slow burn for me. Yeah, and I can tell this because even in just like the first um bit of like the chapter in the story mode I played, the there's just like so much to explore. Yeah, and it is just all about like running around trying to get better loot. And so I don't feel any pressure to, like, keep going forward. In fact, I'm a little scared to because I know how much of a time suck it can be. Yeah. But as far as, like, it looks great on Switch, it plays great on Switch, um, I'm glad I have it. I just don't know when I'm really going to dig into it. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's tough to, like, know when we are going to have time to dig into I mean, we, we're looking ahead to the new releases for next week. It's not like there's anything new or really like noteworthy on there that we're excited about. Um, so I feel like there may be a few weeks like this, um, but I'm also wrong because Pokemon comes out the next week. So and then Smash in like three weeks, four weeks, something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I see it as one of the like holiday time games that I will likely pick up at some point uh, and really sink my teeth into, especially like on a plane or something like. Man, that'll be great. And I haven't done it yet, but it seems like it would be a ton of fun to play with friends and just kind of be like casually chatting while you run around and try to get some loot. It's the dream. Yep. All right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Guys, it's happening November 6th. Today, Carnival Games is out. Okay, now. One of the best selling. Third-party games on the Wii, finally getting a Switch port. We did it. Wow. We can just shut it down. Wow. Okay. Um, is this something you are actually interested in picking up? Mark, the answer is no. Moving on. H- have you played Carnival Games? No. Yeah, I assume either. it's fine. Okay. Brawlhalla. Yep, the Smash Brothers-like game. One of. Yeah, one of them, yes. Um, it includes... Rayman? Rayman? How do you say it? I try not to. Um, the, the Rabbids guy? <laughs> yeah, that one. I, I, uh, Raimondo. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, World of Final Fantasy Maxima? So this is the first of the Final Fantasy games to come to the... I guess uh, Final Fantasy XV Pocket is, is already out. Um, but it, it's cool. It's cool to see like these the, the games actually coming over. Um, I recently got myself obsessed with the Kotaku video series Found in Translation, which is um, Tim Rogers' uh, video series uh, exploring the Japanese and American uh, versions of Final Fantasy VII. Um, and like he, the first video is like ten minutes of him just exploring like the first two lines of dialogue and how they're different and how like the Japanese characterizes uh, Cloud this way and the English characterizes Cloud this way. Um, and uh, they're great. I cannot recommend these, uh, this video series highly enough. Um, it's 10 parts. The 10th episode is an hour long. Um, and it just makes me badly want to play Final Fantasy VII again. 
and then I can just use the little nuggets of information from his sort of like fan translation uh, or just like his notes about how the translation doesn't totally work um, and just be immersed in that. But it, it, it's great. It, uh, Tim Rogers does great work for uh, Kotaku. And these found in translation videos are a great example of that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's really good. Um, I'm going to pretty much wrap it up on uh, what's coming out this week. There's not, there's a lot because there is always a ton of stuff coming out on Switch, but nothing that I find particularly noteworthy. And therefore, we move on. All right, that brings us to a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are going to be talking about which character from Lord of the Rings are we now we can expand this of course to the greater middle earth oeuvre yes of course i mean if there's a character that like you know and love from the cimmerillion there isn't but if there is one that you think you are uh we we can we can go with that uh now let me start you with a hard question mark Mm -hmm. do you think it is intellectually or emotionally honest to put forth any character that isn't a hobbit (laughs) i mean and I look, I, I, I actually, I say this with, um, you know, no amount of humility. Do you think that we're good enough to be hobbits? Whoa. Uh, I think you and I are pretty good people, right? Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we have, we are good hearted. Uh huh. We are generous with our time. Uh huh. To each other. <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, I think we are good enough to be hobbits. I don't. I don't necessarily think that all hobbits are like really that good. Oh there, yeah, for sure. For there sure. are the Sackville Bagginses, uh-huh. uh, which are Bagginses that nobody likes. Um, Smeagol and Deagle were much like hobbits once. River hobbits, not hill hobbits. Um, so yeah, I, you're I, right. You're right. Uh, there are hobbits of all stripes, all stars and stripes. That's right. Uh, well, what, do do you think you would go for a hobbit, or do you think? Uh, do you think that there's an another character that you are more like? Um, what's Carl Urban's character's name? Oh gosh! <laughs> oh man! He's one of the writers of Rohan. I don't know that I necessarily see myself. Aomir, I think, is his name. Okay. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily see myself as Aomir, but like, there's something nice about that, like, you know, duty bound and like, you know, rides a horse around the countryside. And, like, he's stuck with this sort of, like, crappy king, but, like, you know, he's going to do his duty. Right. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I, I find... Yeah, I find, I, I find you very honor-bound. Thank I you. Could say, yeah, I, I totally... And you, and you have a very, like, uh, Carl Urban-esque uh, je ne sais quoi about you. Sure. Um. So, I don't think this is who I am. But I aspire, I guess, to be like Sam, maybe. Samwise Gamgee? Yeah. Um, I Seems like, like this. pretty solid. I like that we're picking aspirational characters. Later, we'll be like, yeah, we're both Gollum. <laughs> I don't think we're Gollum. I would say we're Smeagol. <laughs> but before he murdered his friend to get the ring. Oh, for sure. For sure. Ring. For sure. Right, right, right. right. For sure. Um, or, ooh, if one of us is Smeagol, then the other one of us is Deagle. <laughs> 
that's how the podcast ends, of course. <laughs> uh, tell tell me what what you find so admirable about Sam. Uh, I th- I like that he's loyal. This is another. This is a loyalty. Yeah, we're we're very uh, we're very into people being like driven by an external. Yeah, but what I like about Sam's loyalty is that he's not like loyal to a system. Like it's not like blind loyalty. It's like loyalty to a person. Right. Like, he feels like a. And I I I like I find that very admirable. Yeah, I think I think it's admirable. Also, I'd love to be Treebeard. That'd be awesome. Oh man! If I was like Treebeard to be an ant. So wonderful. Here's here's the real thing. You want to be Tom Bombadil is who you want to be. Are you familiar with Tom Bombadil? I kind I like I've read the books. Right. But he's like a magical pixie man who like holds the ring in his hand and is like, this has no control over me. And then just like skips oh, off. Into is, the that what, is that what happens? That's like part of what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's so don't the they things- go to his house? Yeah, like they after get, they like cross the river or that's whatever. Right. Um, that's one of the things that always impressed me as a kid. That like the whole the whole book is about like this ring will corrupt whoever is around it. And Tom Bombadil doesn't care at all. He's like, oh, this is cool. I know what this is. <laughs> and they're just like, here you go, hobbitses. And they're they're you know they're not fine with it. It corrupts them and makes you know it's hard for them to resist. But Tom Bombadil, he doesn't care. That's pretty awesome. I also like uh, Bjorn, I believe is the character's name in The Hobbit, who uh, is a shapeshifter and turns into a bear. Yes. (laughs) Bjork? (laughs) If I could be any character from Lord of the Rings, it would be Bjork. She could exist in that universe. Uh, She probably does, singing elven songs. Um, I don't... Oh, well, well, I guess we will never never know. know. Uh, We were accompanied today... By Dopia Big Band. Um, and that is another, by the way, new recording of 433, one that we had not ever used before. Put and it on the board. I'm amazed at like 190 whatever episodes into this that we're still finding those. But here we are. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Last Thursday, Nintendo ran the final Smash Brothers Direct revealing a ton of new info about the game over a 40-minute presentation. Uh, classic Smash Brothers Direct. We saw it at E3. Yep. Where it's like, it's 40 minutes. It's, it's got to be jam-packed with new information. And it is. But it feels like a leisurely stroll through some of that information. Yeah. Well, and not just a leisurely stroll. It is uh, like a, a nature hike as led by a guide who has is both a bird watcher and a bug enthusiast. <laughs> oh, I thought you were so going to say a bir- both a bird watcher and a bird. Cuz <laughs> Sakurai is such an interesting person. Like I want to protect him. Yes. He yes, he is. He seems very fragile. A rare and beautiful bird. Uh-huh. 100%. No, but I mean someone who's going to point out everything that you can Ah, uh, yes. He see. loves his uh long discussions about the menu. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so let's let's get through like the big Right, we're kind of underselling it. There was a lot of like yeah, yeah, yeah. big news. Uh, three new characters mm-hmm. got Ken, which was he's like an Echo Fighter. So, uh, once Ryu was an you know like announced, Ken was a logical choice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, logical choices have no place in Smash. So <laughs> fair, as we will get to. <laughs> right. Uh, Incineroar. Yep. Who uh seems awesome, and then Piranha Plant. Throwing everybody for a loop. Yeah. Including the fact that Piranha Plant apparently has feet underneath that pipe. Look, this this is great. I love that there's a Piranha Plant who is in a tube, but, like, he's just wearing that tube as pants. 
Like it's an like, amazing yeah, like it's design. A, like he's uh that Popeye care. He's like a Popeye character in the barrel or something. Oh well, yeah, like in old cartoons uh-huh. when like you would be poor and yes. then you would just wear a barrel with, with like suspenders. suspenders. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what Piranha Plant is like. Um, Mark, what are your reactions to these three characters? Uh, I'm indifferent to Ken. Okay, Incineroar, loving it, loving everything about it. Right. Little like grandstands after every attack. Uh, I like that he like summons turnbuckles to like throw people into. That seems super cool. Uh, Piranha Plant, love this. Right. Love that it's totally out of left left field. Love that nobody was predicting it. Love that it wasn't in any dumb fake leaks because nobody could have possibly known. Right. Uh, and uh, it's I like that it is a pre order bonus uh, or not even pre order just so long as you. Uh, purchase the game or purchase and register the game before January 31st that you have access to this character for freezies. That's right. It, it won't, it Piranha Plant will not be available when the game launches. They're promising it sometime in February. Right. So you have to buy the game before Piranha Plant exists and then you get it after you buy it. But wh- whatever you need to do to get this Piranha Plant, it's a Piranha Plant. It's, it's, uh, it's really delightful. Um, we also learned there's going to be five DLC packs. Uh, they're going to be six bucks each, or five ninety nine, or twenty four ninety nine for all five. So you're like saving five bucks if you buy the uh, fighter pack or whatever it's called. Each pack contains one k- new character, one stage, and some new music, and zero indication of what uh, will be included in each pack because they haven't started making it yet. Which I do, I I appreciate all of the honesty around this announcement because they're like. We haven't started working on these characters yet. Ideally, we would tell you what's in this pack before we try to sell it to you. But, you know, if you think it's going to be worth it to you, then go ahead and buy it. Like, I like how much they're couching the language here of like, this is available. You don't have to buy it. I also really, really appreciated uh, Sakurai's long blink after he announced, after like in the video, they announced this. Yeah, a beautiful bird. Yeah. Blinks and then just like stares at the camera, like he's at peace with the pain he feels. He does make a crack about like, am I ever gonna get to take a break? No, which <laughs> <laughs> you're not. Which is one of those things. I know that we, you know, we were talking a couple weeks ago about how, uh, you know, people are interested in like video game crunch now and um all that sort of stuff. And it's like, we don't actually know what goes on inside any Nintendo studio, but Sakurai is one of the most famously overworked developers in all of gaming. Right. What's that movie or like where, uh, like some ballet shoes get like the red shoes or something. Yeah, sure. Uh, I feel like Sakurai has that. He's going on red shoes. He's wearing some red shoes and it's just like, uh, he will probably keep making beautiful, weird smash brothers games until it kills him. Well, in the meantime, he will be a beautiful bird. Uh, here's some other news from the direct trophies gone. No more trophies. No more trophies. He's just straight up like, man, these things are a lot of work. Here's, this is another piece of honesty that I truly appreciate because I was thinking about it and like to actually model these 3d things in high definition, like that is a lot of work for no, like use in the game. Like sometimes, sometimes when I get a trophy, I will look at it, spin it around, and go, "Cool," <laughs> and then like put it away, and never look at it again. It absolutely is a waste of their time to render these things in full three D. Yeah, so they're just like, "We're not doing that anymore." Yeah. Right. Uh, instead, we're doing something called spirits, which is a little bit 
like uh, a mobile game mechanic, it feels like. Uh, ish. It is also a little bit just like uh, a mechanic from the last two Smash Brothers games. Um, that it is a lot like the items and uh, uh, like gear that you could pick up in Smash Brothers for DS and for uh, Wii U, 3DS and for Wii U. Um, they're sort of combining all of these ideas into one, where you get um, you get these spirits that you can equip to characters uh, to change their stats or like alter them in some way, and that sort of takes the place of the because you could also collect like alternate moves for characters in uh, Smash Four. Uh, and like so, all of these things that you unlock through various different means seem like they're all being compressed into one thing, and that's a spirit. So one of the things, or I guess the reason why I say it feels a little bit like a mobile mechanic is because, uh, if you played pretty much any mobile game, but any of Nintendo's mobile games, you've seen like that, like gotcha mechanic, yeah, where you uh try to draw a character, and you will get like a character that's one star. Or a character that's three stars. Mm-hmm. And you might get the same character multiple times and they'll have different like attributes or different like levels. And the same sort of thing happens here where spirits have different levels. There might be like a one-star spirit or a three-star spirit. And obviously the more stars you have, the better it is. Yeah, I mean I think the the difference is that there's no like actual money being spent here. And uh it doesn't appear as though there's like any time limit on like when you can try to like get another yeah yeah get for another sure one of these things. that's a that's a really good point um, it's uh the the spirits mode also seems like it's sort of replacing uh what was the event mode in in previous versions of smash brothers so like when you pick a uh a spirit that you want to try to collect then you are entered into a fight which tries to like replicate the like look or feel or whatever of that character of that spirit so, like, one of the examples that they showed in the trailer was uh, if you pick uh, Hal Emmerich from um, Metal Gear Solid, uh, you have to fight a Dr. Mario who, like, guards. So, like, a pacifist Dr. Mario who's protect- protected by a, a giant metal uh, Rob the Robot. So, like, it is, like, sort of approximating, like, here's a Metal Gear-like scenario that, like, you have to fight against. Yeah, that was one part I was like, uh, these are tenuous connections at oh, best. I love this. I, when, as a kid, I used to love setting up, uh, like, matches in fighting games that would be, that would, like, get close to, like, telling a story. Um, and, like, you know, that's really all the event modes ever were, too, where they were, like, Oh, uh, yeah, as as Link and Marth, you got to take down a giant Bowser. It's like two dudes slaying a dragon. Um, that's cool, and that's fun. And if that's what all of these are, um, you know, and they... It, it's unclear to me how many, if, like, every spirit has its own unique, like, battle that you have to, like, actually conquer to get those spirits. But if it means that there's a, you know, virtually bottomless pit of uh, event mode matches to fight, like, I am on board. Another thing we saw is like confirmation that amiibo in this game work exactly like amiibo in Smash Four. Yeah, um, and I it, think it's the first. I'm pretty sure it's the first time we've gotten that confirmation. I think so too, but it was and very casual. It's very casual, and no one's talking about it. <laughs> no, because I guess every I guess everybody assumed that was happening. Maybe they did talk about it in the past, and we just forgot. So that's why nobody so. was surprised. Because I'm, I'm a, I'm big into Amiibo, and you know, I actually use them in Smash Four to like train them 
and you know give them items and stuff to make them different give them like unique move sets so that they're like a little bit different um and so I had no idea that this was going to be part of this game, and so I'm 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 very excited to see that part of it come back. Uh, they also showed Smash World, which will be part of like the Nintendo Switch Online app, mm-hmm. um, kind of like uh, Splatnet is for Splatoon Two. Um, we don't really know very much about it other than that it's coming sometime in 2019. The things that we do know uh, is that it is not uh, interested in sharing people's like win loss ratio. That's more about like sharing videos or, or something. Yeah, like, that. like cool things. Yeah. So I I actually really like the idea that uh, one of the things that they are trying to put forward with this game is not like the competitive angle. Um, like the Splatoon, it makes perfect sense to be like, look how much space you've gained. Here's your win loss. You know, whatever. Um, and for Smash, that they're like, we don't want this to turn into like some sort of weird, you know, ego measuring contest. Like, let's just let's show you can share with your friends how you're having fun with this game. Um, and I, I do think that this game is focused more on having fun than it is on like, you know, hard combat mechanics and all of that. Like you have to play the game online a lot in order to unlock the, what is it called? Like elite battles or I, I forget something exactly. like that. Um, but like, you know, if, if you want to find like the deep, uh, you know, fighting game mechanics of this game, they're there and like the community will probably turn out for it but like there's just too much other stuff in this game to like i don't want to say waste you play play the game how you want to play the game but like they don't want you to like treat it like it's just another fighting game because it's not uh and then finally the direct ended with um a trailer for the new adventure mode-esque thing that is coming called World of Light. Uh-huh. And if that sounds like it's a subtitle to a Final Fantasy game, it's because this looks like it's a Final Fantasy game. Um, it, the, the trailer is bonkers. Yeah. Uh, everybody dies, except for Kirby. Except for Kirby, because he is the fastest, uh, zipping around on, on his little warp star. Um, it, it's a, a really cool, like, I like the cinematic a lot, and it's very funny. Um, like the way that the the various characters bite the dust, uh, like Sonic and Pikachu are like both running from these like beams, and Sonic kind of like reaches back to like try and help Pikachu, uh, but like Pikachu gets like swallowed up, and then Sonic does too, or like uh, Pit and Dark Pit are flying away, um, and doing so pretty successfully, and then Palutena gets eaten by the you know this uh beam of light which means they lose their magic power of flight and they both just like plummet. <laughs> um, and there's also uh, one panel, panel, uh, you know, scene of just um, Snake hiding in a cardboard box and the cardboard box <laughs> get, just gets demolished. Like it's, it's so full of, you know, Nintendo in-jokes and like video game character, like insights um, that like, I, I, don't, I don't know if we can expect a bunch of these throughout the course of World of Light or if this is like the only real taste of that we're going to get. But I don't know. I, I love that sort of, uh, just attention to detail and mythology. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about in the past, like when uh, K. Rule was premiered and everything. Just that, like the character animations are mm-hmm. so thoughtful, yeah. and that really is like shown here. Like you were saying, like the attention to detail in every single character is like super apparent. Um, so it's a little bit unclear what the actual game mode of World of Light is, right? Yeah, There's- it seems like it's not like. A uh, subspace emissary type thing, which is good because, like, I mean, we 
we all like subspace emissary for you know the like crazy cutscenes, but like uh, between every fight because they yeah there were actual like fights in there there was some like weird platforming with, and that's like, not what you come to smash for no and those characters aren't like designed for it you yeah. know um so if if this is like an overhead map where you just sort of navigate around to like thematically you know designed fights uh with no platforming like yeah great I- i'm on board and i really like the way the world map looks like sort of like a uh watercolor painting um it just it looks you know again like thoughtful and specific to um you know there's one part where like they're in a a pac-man style maze and you know one where they're on like what is obviously a um monster hunter map um so this is just going to be like another example of them just like rolling out uh beautiful art styles that are specific to all these games that you love to play uh i don't know i i think this this mode looks cool too i'm very excited about this game yeah it it went up for pre-order on the eShop. Uh, like right after the direct was completed, and it's the like the second best selling game on the eShop right now. Amazing! So I think it's gonna be uh gonna be big. Uh, there were some other not Smash Brothers uh-huh. related news that happened this past week. So last week, uh, on the show we discussed that data miners had found a mention of maybe two custom Diablo three amiibo, cool. a treasure goblin and a demon amiibo and last week blizzard confirmed one of those the loot goblin amiibo is a gamestop exclusive that is coming this december um do you get a look at this thing yeah uh it's in like a fun cartoony style and like the packaging is totally different from anything i've seen in any other amiibo yeah uh, that's a weird and worth noting that like oh yeah amiibo can come in whatever kind of box they need to come in uh the pokemon company published an interview with game freaks uh, Junichi Masuda and Kensaku Nabana. And in it, Masuda mentioned that this month's Let's Go games, um, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, will probably be the last ones he works on as director. He's been a director on Pokemon games since, I believe, Ruby and Sapphire back in 2002. It's been a long run. Yeah. Um, what do you think this means for the future of the series i don't know like we know that one is being worked on right now for 2019 uh i will be interested to see if like having a different director maybe somebody who is newer to the series uh, that's all speculation on my part of course i have no idea could be someone who's been there since day one exactly um what kind of like effect that will have yeah i mean it's interesting pokemon is such a conservative series like each new game uh, introduces some more like you know mechanics and like details uh sort of like under the hood um and then a bunch of new pokemon but and like a new area but that's it like the the fundamental gameplay remains the same um from one pokemon to the next if you've played red you can jump into sun and moon and you'll be fine um and i don't imagine that uh masuda leaving the series changes that so i think you know, in in a, a more volatile series, in like a, a Zelda series, or like a Final Fantasy or something. Yeah, that that it would it would make a big difference. But in something like Pokemon, you know, it's such a big ship with so many. You know, like the hey, guess what? There's still going to be a bunch of charming monsters, and you're still going to try to catch them all and fight them against other charming monsters. Like that's the game is going to basically be the same. Uh, also, speaking of Let's Go, Nintendo confirmed this week that the Pro Controller won't be supported in the game. Um, this doesn't seem like much of a surprise given about, given what we know about how yeah. the game controls. 
But is this disappointing to you? I don't even own a pro controller, so. Uh, is it disappointing to me? I don't know. I still, I still am not sure whether I'm going to pick up Pokemon Let's Go, um, because I feel like the way to play this game is with the Pokeball Plus, which I have pre-ordered. Is that what it's called? Did I just make that up? Uh, is that the Pokemon Go accessory? It might be the Pokemon Go accessory. Whatever it's actually <laughs> called, um, that you 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 pre-ordered one, right? Yeah. Um, that seems like fun to me is playing with with this ball thing, um. So yeah, I don't if if they're already giving you their own like special controller to play it with, like yeah, not everything needs pro controller support. It it's fine. It it doesn't hurt um Super Mario Party. Uh like, oh yeah, you need to be able to kind of like flick your wrist and like hold it up and you know whatever. It's it's I'm fine with it. If you were going to pick it up, which one would you get? Pikachu or Eevee? Uh, I don't, well, this is, this is the reason I'm not going to pick it up is that I cannot decide between Pikachu and Eevee. Have you pre-ordered? I haven't, but it, it is itself? available for pre-order. And initially this entire time I've been thinking like, I'm going to like, obviously I'll just get Pikachu, but now I think I'm going to get Eevee. See, I have been hearing so many people saying like, you know what? I'm going to go for the Eevee like as though it is the subversive choice. I think it has become mainstream. I I think that the pre-order numbers on the eShop do not bear that out. Oh, interesting. Uh, interesting. Pikachu is still the most uh, popular choice, but you must just hang out with a bunch of cool counterculture oh, people. Oh, man. I hang out with the coolest countercultural people that are like, oh, yeah, Pokemon, let's go <laughs> Eevee. Or GTFO. Uh, seems like a YouTube app may be launching on Switch this Thursday, November 8th, in the U.S. anyways. The Nintendo website has been including a listing for a YouTube app in the You Might Also Like section that appears at the bottom of um, like when you're looking at game listings and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World was also leaked this way. Oh, so, sure. Back when the, uh, um, when the, the direct, direct got delayed. delayed. Yeah. So maybe on Thursday there'll be a YouTube app. Uh, so hey, if you need one more place to watch YouTube, um, you can now do it on your Switch. Uh, in the past few months, NPD analyst uh, NPD is like a um, trade group that uh, they track video game sales, like an analyst group, and they track video game sales and release a list of them every month. Uh, NPD analyst Matt, how would you say this last name, Patrick? Piscatella, great, has been uh, sharing information about best-selling retro titles tracked by the NPD group. This month, he shared top 10 charts for some retro systems, including the N64 and the Game Boy Color. So these are the top 10 best-selling games um, on each platform. I mean, obviously, of all time, right? Yeah, 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 of all time. No one's putting out a new Nintendo 64 <laughs> game. N64, Okay. Number one is Super Mario 64. Great. Number two is GoldenEye 007. Makes sense so far. Three, Mario Kart 64. Four, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Five, Pokemon Stadium. Six, Donkey Kong 64. Oh, boy. Seven, Star Fox 64. Super Smash Brothers is number eight. Number nine is Diddy Kong Racing. Yep. And number 10 is Star Wars Shadow of the Empire. Um, I'm surprised that Star Wars is that high on the list. Shadows. Um, I guess it was one of the earlier games that came out on uh, Nintendo 64. I'm also surprised that Super Mario 64 is ahead of Mario Kart. Yeah. I guess maybe it had a head start. I mean, it definitely had a head start. It was a launch game, um, and Mario Kart was not. 
Um, but it still seems crazy. I guess the uh, the only like, well, that's no surprise to me is uh, Goldeneye being as high as it is. Um, I guess I am a little bit surprised that Ocarina of Time is so high. Um, just because like, I know people like Zelda games, but they're not like, and they're, they're good selling games, but like, this is a number four slot on the system. That's it's just very high. I'm also surprised that Super Smash Brothers is as low it is as it is. Maybe again, just like it didn't have a, as much time. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think that like the game, the series doesn't become what it is until the GameCube for sure. So yeah, I I think that the people that were in on Super Smash Brothers from the beginning were like the the super cool countercultural people that I was talking about before, and it was known them your whole life. Oh yeah. Uh, Game Boy Color. This no surprise. There are so many Pokemon games. Here. I love this list. It's so funny. Number one is Pokemon Silver. Number two is Pokemon Gold. Three is Super Mario Brothers. Uh, four is Pokemon Pinball. Number four, Pokemon Pinball. Five, Pokemon Crystal. Six, Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Duet. Uh, seven, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Eight, Donkey Kong Country. Nine, Pokemon Trading Card Game. Number 10, Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages. And I love that Oracle of Seasons must have been just beyond the 10 gap. <laughs> I can't imagine that one of those sells remarkably more than the other, right? <laughs> yeah, but I guess we will never know for sure. And uh, uh, it, that sounded like I was going to like continue the thought on uh, the Game Boy Colors top 10 list but i wasn't i'm starting a whole new news item <laughs> well hold on let's stay on it for a second okay um so it is their uh silver gold pinball crystal and the trading card game five of the game boys top 10 uh selling games are pokemon games including number one number two and number four yeah and number five and number five <laughs> uh it, it it's just man what a juggernaut series the uh, that pokemon is Yu-Gi-Oh sneaking up there in sixth yeah. kind of surprising to me. I don't understand that at all. I guess I, I underestimated how big Yu-Gi-Oh! was. Is? Was. Uh, Do- I'm also surprised to see Don- the Donkey Kong Country port on there. That one doesn't really surprise me because me uh, Donkey Kong Country was huge. And so the idea of like, oh, and you could play Donkey Kong Country on your Game Boy Color. Like if you didn't have an N64 or whatever. like uh, it's Super Nintendo rather. Super Nintendo, yeah. Uh, development company Virtuos has been responsible for a couple of high-profile ports to Switch so far. They ported L.A. Noir last year and Dark Souls Remastered this year. Speaking with Nintendo Life, the company's Lucas Kodar um, mentioned that the developer has more in the works, saying, quote, for obvious reasons, we cannot say what exactly we're working on, but we will definitely have some exciting high-profile Switch games coming out very soon. Very soon? Yeah. So that could mean anywhere from like a year (laughs) uh, to two years. To two years. Finally, um, the namesake for Mario died this past week. Mario Segal or Segali, I'm not sure, died on October 27th at the age of 84. Um, He was a real estate developer in Washington State who owned lots of office buildings and malls, and he rented a warehouse to Nintendo back in 1981, and he never really loved being the namesake of Mario. Whoa, what? Well, I, like he seemed to be fine with it, but he didn't like talking about them. Didn't like talking about the fact he, that he's, he's Mario? He didn't like talking about it, and uh, he was apparently worried that it would, like, because he was a serious businessman, and so he was apparently worried that, like, 
that would ruin business deals that like people wouldn't take him seriously. And so he was well, he just needed to stop barging into rooms with his high reedy voice <laughs> declaring that it's a me Mario and then people would have taken him seriously. Um but yeah, just a little bit of a Nintendo trivia. Uh yes, and uh well, it is fun to make jokes. Mark did remind me before we started recording, a man did die. Did die. <laughs> so, uh may he rest in peace. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all that stuff greatly, and we will, in fact, read your guest weathers if you put them there. Uh, And if you like this episode, please share on Facebook or Twitter or however you share um, anything. Is there someone sitting next to you on the bus? You standing in line to vote? Yeah. Take your earbuds out of your ear and just, like, sneak them into someone else's ear. Do that after you voted so you don't get, like, Yeah, so you don't get kicked out. out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cast out? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, very good. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKA Mitchell, and the show is at Cart Society. Um, you can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Mark is already handling our emails for the top NES uh, eight, eight NES games. So we've got to just transition over to this episode. We are so excited. Come back on Thursday and listen to us uh, make up this outrageous list with your help, of course. Um, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers casting you out. And thanks for listening. Campfire.